we start with finding emotional and energetic safety. Because when you can have emotional and energetic safety, then you have the bandwidth to do other things when you're not constantly in this, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, anxiety, worry, dread, self-doubt, fear, 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 <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop, even though you should be happy, right? You know, all of that stuff. Right. So that's the very first thing we address. And we walk people through that process, fear, anxiety, worry, dread, self-doubt, inner and outer judgment, and then learning to build a foundation of self-support and courage. Hi, I'm Biz Cush, a life coach and therapist, and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hello, I am Biz Cush, and this is the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. I'm just so excited that the podcast is back. I truly enjoy interviewing amazing women, wise women. It brings me so much just fulfillment, connection. I just find that learning about all the different ways of healing, but also learning about other women's journeys through healing is just fascinating. And I hope you find that it's fascinating too. Today, we're talking to Kelly Sparta, but before we get to that, I just want to say, if you are interested in keeping up with the podcast, knowing when I'm offering free coaching sessions, because I only do that through my newsletter. Sometimes I promote them on the podcast, but mostly through my newsletter. If you want to know more about me, about what I'm reading, some coaching tips, mindfulness tips, it's all in my newsletter that comes twice a month. You can sign up at elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. And I hope you do. I hope you sign up. I hope you enjoy the newsletter. I hope that you will, if you do get it, that you will let me know what your thoughts are because I love to hear from the listeners. I love to hear from newsletter su subscribers. So give me a shout out comment, share it, whatever feels right to you. So Kelly Sparta, such an interesting woman, and I'm super excited to share this conversation. We talk about her journey to shamanism, which included a 14,000-mile road trip, about learning to surrender and why that's important, how to be a truly integrated human being, and why taking the slow path on your journey to healing is so, so important. So I hope you will have some takeaways of your own that resonate with you. Here's some more info about Kelly. Today, my guest is Kelly Sparta. She is a transformational shaman working with high-performance people to unlock hidden aspects of their potential. She teaches motivated people 
to master their energy to create next level results. Had a really great conversation with Kelly and I'm super excited to share it with you. So let's get started. Hi, Kelly, and welcome to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm so, so excited to talk to you. I always love talking to other podcasters. One, it's a fun connection. But two, I don't know, we're in especially female podcasters. I mean, I know the market is growing for that, but there really aren't a ton of us out there. And it's nice to, when I first started, there were hardly any females in the podcasting world. Tell me about it. I actually had my first podcast in 2005 when nobody wow. ever heard of the podcast. My wow. web developer said, you have to have a podcast. And I was like, what's a podcast? And I ended up being one of the first podcasters in Boston. And so now I know all of the early podcasters. I know Cece Chapman and Chris Penn and Chris Rogan and John Wall, oh. all of the big guys in podcasting in the very beginning are people that I hung out with at the time. And so, and then I took wow. a break because, you know, yeah, podcasting is a lot of work. <laughs> and then I started up again about four years ago. So yes, yeah. yes. It's a lot of work, a lot of time, money. If you yeah, yep. choose to get other people to help you with it, it's, yep. it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. I did the math the other day and it's about two grand a year to just produce. And I, I do it on the cheap. So <laughs> that's yeah. Too yeah. Great. it's expensive. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I factored in the equipment or anything, yeah. No, no, no. If I factored in what I would get paid if somebody paid me to do, right. you know, by the hour, like, right. yeah, no, but I love it. And yep. that's why I do it. And it's so great to have you here. So, and you're calling in all the way from Panama, right? Panama, Yes. From Boquete, Panama. Wow. Halfway up a mountain, wow. halfway up a volcano, technically. Oh, wow. That's yeah. exciting. I bet yeah. it's beautiful. I don't know that. Stunningly gorgeous. It is yeah. fantastic. It's it's raining right now. It's the rainy season. It rains every day. Wow. wow. Which is good because that means that the construction across the street from my house has stopped. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I schedule my podcast in the afternoon because it rains in the afternoon and it stops the construction. <laughs> very smart. Very the smart. I bet that you got to could... figure out as you live in another country, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Another country, another, yeah. Yeah. Just another environment for sure. Yeah. I'll be out of luck in the dry season, but you know. <laughs> maybe they'll take a break at lunch. Well, hopefully they'll be working on the inside by then. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what inspires you in life? Well, so I am a transformational shaman. My mother raised me in a new age movement from the time I was about four or five years old. So if you're familiar with Landmark, the earlier version of Landmark was Est, the not kinder, gentler version. <laughs> and she brought that home when I was like six years old and taught that to me. And then we didn't watch TV. We sat around and listened to self-help tapes and self-hypnosis tapes and you name it. We, we listened to it. And so I was raised on Seth and Ram Dass and Abraham Hicks and J.C. Knight and all of the people of the day. And it was the 70s and into the 80s. And then we did psychic development classes and palmistry and tarot and whatever. So I was doing wow. self-hypnosis by the time I was 10. I was reading tarot by the time I was 12. It was 
quite an upbringing. And then in my late 20s, I ended up dumping my life. (laughs) So I always said I wanted to be Auntie Mame without the alcohol. And so I don't know if you're familiar with who Auntie Mame is, but she's a real person. Her name was Mame Dennis in the in the 20s. Okay. Well, obviously longer than the 20s, but the movie is set in the 20s. The, the 1965 Rosalind Russell film is the best way to learn. And she just had this joy for life. And she did all the outrageous things and traveled the world and hung out with artists and musicians and great thinkers and philosophers. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. But of course, they drank incessantly. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big drinker, but I want to be on Jumaine without the alcohol. And so hmm. instead, I ended up doing the American Dream checklist. and. I started the perfect business. I had the trophy husband. I had the big house and two cars and the dog. Thank God I didn't have the children, but Mm. I had everything. I looked, I was a pillar of my community. I was volunteering for Habitat for Humanity and I was, I had it all from the big outside view. Everybody would have thought I was super successful and I hated my life. And so I had been in a cold war with my husband for years I had you know, been burned out on my job for years. I was hiding in the affiliate in the Habitat Humanity affiliate to avoid my life. I was doing mm. all that. and I was just like, and I wasn't really. It was just, it was tough, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I dumped my life. I literally just like raised it all to the ground, just <laughs> cut it all down, and started over. I sold my business. I sold my house. I divorced my husband. I made him take the dog. I moved out of state and I lived with a bunch of people I met at the Renaissance Fair. And my, my, oh my gosh. said that I'd run off and join the circus. <laughs> and he really wasn't quite wrong. Wow. But as it turns out, they were all shamans. And mm-hmm. I had never heard of shamanism nor paganism before okay. I had met these people. Well, no, I had met, I had heard about paganism in college and I'm sort of like, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. And, and wandered mm-hmm. off. But I'd definitely never heard of shamanism up until then. And I was the fun story. I went into the basement of this Victorian house, which, of course, has a single pull string in the center of the room with to turn the light switch on. Right. Uh, pull the light bulb. Right. Uh-huh. It was the middle of the night, pitch black. And I walked into the room. I don't even remember what I was trying to get, but I walked into the room and I was covered in spider webs. And I was like, Whatever it is, I don't need it this bad. I'll get it in the morning, right? <laughs> I turned around and went back upstairs. <laughs> I came back down in the morning. There were no spider webs anywhere in the basement. And I realized when I came upstairs, there had not been spider webs anywhere on me. Oh. And I talked to my my roommate, and he said, who was a shaman, and he said, Yeah, grandmother spider's calling you, and you really should pay attention to that before she does to you what she did to me which was she hatched an entire nest of spiders over his bed and they came down and snacked on him. Yeah. Oh, please pay attention now. She's giving you a nice calling. (laughs) I was like, okay, I have no idea what that means. What does that mean? (laughs) Right. Okay. What do I do with that? (laughs) Right. Exactly. And he's like, well, you know, you need to form a relationship with her and talk to her because she's calling you to shamanism. And I was like, what's shamanism? I don't know what that is. And he's like, well, you know, as he described it to me, which is very different than the traditional shamanism, he described it to me as, you know, it's, it's the process of evolving yourself and participating in helping others evolve themselves. 
And shortly thereafter, I would be put out on walkabout because the universe just lined up to make that happen. And I didn't know I was on walkabout. But walkabout means it's an aboriginal term. It means to walk into the world until you find yourself, right? Yeah. I was going to say my my mother took me to watch the movie Walkabout. There you go. I was a kid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I did it in the U.S. because, you know, that's my home or it was at the time. I live here mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I did it in my car because that was how we do things in the U.S. And I ended up being on the road for a year living on $350 a month of unemployment insurance and the kindness of strangers. Mm. And I traveled 14,000 miles in that journey. And wow. uh, the, the song that opens and closes my podcast now is the song I wrote while I was on walkabout about that journey. Oh my gosh. And so I, I, my boyfriend at the time was a recording studio guy and he I came back and he's like I'm like I wrote this can we put music to it he said well okay sing it for me I was like no no no. I asked you to put music to it he's like yeah but sing it to me he's like you know the song and I'm like but I don't know the song he's like just sing it and in one take that is what came out uh, oh was just, just the drum beat and what I sang and that's and then we overlaid the harmonies later which was hmm. the melody is what I wanted other people to know about my journey and the harmonies that I laid in later were all of the fears and all of the the doubts and all of the concerns that were sort of nagging in the back of my head as I was going through the journey. Right. Wow. Wow. It's a cool thing. Yeah. So I, I gave away everything I owned and I left in my car with, uh, you know, nothing but my clothes and a, my tarot cards and some MREs, some meals ready to eat that a friend of mine's husband had shoved underneath the seat. Oh my <laughs> so goodness. Like, I can't face the fact that you might not eat. <laughs> he was so worried wow. about me. I never had to touch oh. him. Thank God. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's like so to me feels so brave and so scary at the same time. You know, it's so funny because we literally are going through this right now because we moved to Panama a month ago and wow. I am literally getting the same messages from other people that I got at the, when I was on the walkabout, which is, Oh my God, you're so brave. Oh my God. I could never do that. Blah, 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 blah. But I, I felt so called. I mm. felt so held by spirit. It was just so obvious that this is what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel that brave at the time. And I mm. kept looking at it going, am I brave? I don't know that I'm brave. I feel very held. I feel very safe. Isn't bravery like doing something in the face of fear and you have to feel the fear? And I look back on it later and, you know, there were doubts and there were things in the moment, but mostly I really wasn't that worried. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not yeah. sure why, because I really probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> the innocence of youth or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wasn't that young. I was in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it sounds like that feels young to me right now, but it sounds like there was a sense of safety in it, even doing something that was scary, but there was this sense of purpose and that this is what needed to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever read the book, The Celestine Prophecy, Mm-mm. it's by James Redfield. It's it's a remarkable book. And he says it's fiction. He didn't originally, but now he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is very true. 
It, it is the idea that you go out and you just follow where the universe takes you and you end up in the most magical places, right? Mm. And you just end up with the right people doing the right things in the right moment and getting exactly what you need. Yeah. And that's how it worked. And I would say that moving to Panama was a lot more work because I owned a lot more stuff. We had to sell a house, an entire house full of stuff and a car and everything else. And yeah, I'm still, it wasn't fearful even, you know, it was just, it was, it's like, okay, it's going to be different. Okay. Those are the things we need to know. It was a lot of work, but I, I don't, again, not afraid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you just sort of surrendered to what would happen next in, yes. in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly the word it is. When you go on walkabout, it is about learning how to surrender. It is about learning to trust the universe to take you where you need to go and stop trying to control every freaking little thing in your life. Yeah. So hard for us to do here in the United States <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably other cultures too. Yeah. yeah. But, but us in particular. Yes. Yeah. Cause we're, we're like, yeah. gotta get it done yesterday, you know? Yeah. And if I just push hard enough, I can control it all. Yes. Right? I got news. No, not so much. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah. And so if you were to describe what a shaman is, how would you describe who you are as a shaman? I guess. So the first thing I'm going to say is that if you ask a hundred shamans, what a shaman is, they're going to give you a hundred different answers because it's all based on what the particular person does. And for me, I do what I refer to as transformational shamanism, which is what my friend described to me in the beginning, which is the, the conscious evolution of self and others and okay. you know the facilitation of that and mm. so i've spent the last so on the walkabout i wrote the first 45 pages of the book that i was writing about my everybody asked me the same questions at every stop right and so i just started writing it down and mm. it was all the things that i knew up till then and then I've just kept writing it as I've done work. And so every time I did something that worked for my, my own evolution, I wrote it down. Hmm. The thing about personal work and shadow work and personal evolution is that 95% of the work you do is trying to figure out what work to do. And the other 5% yeah. is actually doing it, right? And yeah. so... I took this and I put it all into a book, which I would give away to people periodically as I would go through life. And I'd come back three months, six months, two years, five years later and say, hey, did you ever finish the book? And they're like, oh, no, I'm actively thinking about chapter X. And it would be a different chapter every time. And I'd be like, well, how long have you been thinking about that? And they're like, oh, three months, two years. You know, and I'm like, oh, you're stuck. <laughs> like, yeah, you're stuck. You, you, you shouldn't still be there at this point unless you were having some resistance and something going on and whatever. And they're like, oh, and I was like, okay, I can't publish this as a book because um, nobody finishes it. And so huh. I turned it into a program and that program is now what I run. And over the last five years that we've been running it, people have had amazing transformations because it's in two and a half years, you get 25 years worth of personal growth work, which wow. sounds like a lot. And it is, don't get me wrong. But mm. remember, 95% of the work 
is finding what you need to do. And so that's 95% of the time it takes, right? So Mm. really- So sort of trying different things, did this work, does it- Right. Yeah, yeah. Taking out all the trial and error empty space, right? Wow. Yeah. And so can you talk to us a little bit about how you work with a person over that course of time? Like, what is it that, how is it that you're noticing where they're stuck? Like, how is it that you- get to the meat of what work needs to be done. So there's a, there's a pathway. And so I want to start with outlining the pathway, right? So the pathway is, and this is where most people get hung up. They try to skip straight to the shadow work. Mm. And the problem is that if you have a huge amount of shadow work to be done, you also have issues around your identity and you also have issues around feeling safe. And If you don't address those issues first, you will re-traumatize yourself at worst or get nothing done at best in your shadow work, right? And so we start with finding emotional and energetic safety because when you can have emotional and energetic safety, then you have the bandwidth to do other things when you're not constantly in this Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, anxiety, worry, dread, self-doubt, fear, energy. Fear, 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 fear. <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop, even though you should be happy, right? You know, all of that stuff. Right. So that's the very first thing we address. And we walk people through that process. Fear, anxiety, worry, dread, self-doubt, inner and outer judgment, and then learning to build a foundation of self-support and courage. That's what we mm. do in the first program. Okay. And then in the second one, we're working on solidifying your identity because when you come up in an environment where you feel unsafe, you become a reflection of, or the desired outcome of someone else's intention. Hmm. You, you are who they want you to be in order to make them happy or keep them from being upset. Right. Either one. In most cases you can't make them happy. So it's keep them from being upset. Right. Right. And so we work on, reestablishing a sense of identity for yourself, right? So it's about claiming your space, your ability to exist and to hold hold space and take up space in your own life, setting your boundaries, saying, no, that's not your space. That's my space. And this is my choice. And you don't get to make it for me, right? Owning your power and being willing to both wield your power in your own life and not have to wield it in other people's lives, which is, you know, not taking responsibility for everyone else, right? Wow, wow. Internalizing your sense of value and mm. so that you're not constantly subject to other people's validation. So you know that you are worthy and deserving in your own right. And then mm. learning to love yourself. Okay. And those are the five steps of creating and solidifying your own identity and your own energetic container. Because what we're doing is we're actually teaching you on two levels. We're doing the mental emotional, but we're also doing the energetic level. So in the beginning, you're learning how to manage your energy field, how to protect yourself, how to protect your home, how to clear your energy field, all of those things. And then Mm -hmm. in the second part, you're learning how to do the things that are around setting your own intentions for your own life and holding space for yourself and creating your own reality and manifesting and things like that. Right. So it's an integrated part and parcel because 
this is one of the big problems. So uh, before I go there, the third one is doing the shadow work, right? Okay. And so we work on digging out the buttons and triggers that sent you flying, right? Because you are mm-hmm. now a solid container where you can hold enough space for yourself that you can actually do this work. Yeah, yeah. But the, one of the biggest problems in this industry is that one, there's no curriculum. <laughs> you got to try to like do 14 classes, you know, two hour classes, watch a hundred videos, read 12 books, binge 15 podcasts and hope that you get something useful out of it. And that's my biggest frustration. Mm -hmm. And you don't know if any of it's actually going to work for you because you're not even really clear what your problem is in the first place most of the time, right? You just, you're coming in going, I'm in pain and I don't, I, I did therapy for a while and it worked and then it stopped working and the therapist seemed to want me to go somewhere, but I had no idea where that was and they wouldn't tell me where to go. And I got tired of get, guessing and getting it wrong. And so I said, screw it. You know, mm. I, I wandered out and now I'm here. That's most of my class, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I hear, I hear you. I do. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, between that and the other problem is that we have siloed the information. So you can go into the wellness silo and learn about, you know, Tai Chi and Qigong and meditation and yoga and acupuncture and all of that. Or you can go into the energy silo and learn about energy healing, maybe a little manifestation and uh, Mm -hmm. metaphysics. Or or you can go into the magic silo and learn about spells and intentions and magic uh, ritual and things like that. Or you can go over here into this other silo with personal growth and and self-help and blah, blah, blah. The problem is they don't talk to each other. And Mm. true transformation happens when you combine the energy world with the personal growth world. And the wellness right. piece, right? And you, ha- you can do internal transformation with just the energy world and the personal growth work, right? Right. If you want to truly be an integrated being, you have to add in the wellness piece on top of it, right? So yeah. if you do yeah. one or two, you're not getting the whole picture, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge is that we've, we've siloed the information and we're using such different terminologies that people yeah. can't even understand that they're talking about the same things. Like, uh, to integrate it into a, yeah, into yeah, a whole. Exactly. My husband comes out of the 12 step process. Yep. And when I met him, he and I were talking and I was saying something to him and he was saying, well, you know, blah, 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 talking from his perspective. And it took us an hour to realize we were saying the same thing, just in very <laughs> different language. Right. Well, interesting listening to you talk about your program and how you work with your clients. I'm grateful that so much has evolved in the therapy world around healing trauma, but it is about, right, you you resource yourself and then you learn to how to take care of yourself and set those boundaries. And then you work on the wounds, then you work on the trauma. And so that's a whole nother silo, right? It's a whole nother piece. (laughs) Yeah. And then I've, I've you know, I've got another layer of the work that I do where I work with people who are further along in their, their process, people who are out there teaching others. And Mm -hmm. I work with them on much more advanced skills. So whether it's teaching them energetic skills and how to manage that or how to work at the energy of the group, or, you know, it's a combination of business coaching and energy, personal shamanism, blah, 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 right? It's the whole shebang, right? 
Yes. And, yes. you know, that's at a much higher level because they're further along in their process. Right? Mm. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Well, that's it makes more sense, customized right? process too, rather than a set program because it's yeah. designed around their needs. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of your work is that though. Like that's, what does this individual need to yeah. get them from where they are now to being a more uh, fully, what do you call it? Actualized. Human actualized. Being? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actualized, activated, empowered, all of the all above, authentic self. Oh. Yes. On purpose. Yeah. Yes. Everything. Yes. I, I tell yes. people, people will come to me and they say, I want to find my purpose. I'm like, your purpose is the fullest expression of your authentic self. Find your authentic self and you'll be on purpose all the time. Mm, that's beautiful. I mean, it is, right? Like, if we can figure out how to just really tap into just that most grounded, safest self. Yeah, that, that we can then live with purpose because it just all makes sense then, right? I don't right. know. I mean, life, I mean, like what, where you want to put your energy and how you live in the world. Well, it's, it's, you're no longer doing anything for anyone but yourself. Well, and you know, what's so interesting about that because I feel that in my heart and yet there are people who will be like, and then that's just so selfish. That's selfish. You're just doing it because that's what you want to do. And yet that's really, it's not about selfishness. No. It's about really understanding your own needs, right? Well, it's, it's so to put this in a terminology that somebody could understand who's saying that, what you mm -hmm. have to understand is that you need to be selfish because if you are not selfish from your definition of selfish, not mine, then what you're doing is you're making sure that you fill yourself up first so that you're giving from your overflow rather than from your emptiness. Yes. And then the yes, people you're yes, giving to yes. feel the gratitude that you have for being able to give because you've got so much to give rather than the resentment of you having to give because they need something and then they feel like a burden. Right. Mm. So you're giving them the gift of feeling like they are a gift rather than a burden. And you can only do that by taking care of yourself first. Yes. So we're going to recoin the word selfish as a good thing. <laughs> There's a, a book called Sacred Self Centeredness by Deborah Roth. And mm. uh, she outlines it quite well in her book. She's a friend of mine in New York. So. Nice. I like that sacred self-centeredness because it feels, yeah, it just feels beautiful Yeah. versus doing it because I just want to get what I want. It's, I want to fill myself up so that I have enough to give to you. Yes. Yeah. And more. Yeah. And so a lot of what you've talked about is, is some, well, Part of, part of it is the energy work mm -hmm. and working with our energy to help us feel more aligned and in balance. How do you understand for yourself that someone else's energy may not be aligned or may not be in a place where they can do the work that they need to do? Ah, okay. So I do a process called an energy scan. 
And okay. basically I can go into somebody's energy field and with their permission, obviously, and read their aura that tells me what's going on with them. And then I can look at each of their chakras and I'm looking specifically for the mental emotional blocks that are in place there. But an energy scan can be used to do any number of scan processes. You can look at energy fields, you can look at energy bodies, you can look at medical intuitive work. But the process I do is mental emotional because that's my primary thing and, and you know, evolutionary work. And mm -hmm. so I can lay that out. I did a series of over 3000 of those scans in the course of four or five years. And I came out of that with the, the knowledge that there are like 38 blocks that are pretty common for people on a spiritual path. And I've got them all laid out and I look, I look for those. And then I ask, is there anything else now? Because it's just so obvious that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And so the average person has between eight and 15 of those at any given moment. And it's not a report card. It's not, oh, I only have eight. I'm doing better. No, it's the blocks are usually related to themes that you're dealing with in your life. And so there can be, you know, two, three themes that you're working on. And mm -hmm. when you clear that level of your evolution, the new level of stuff comes up and you'll have a lot of blocks again, right? Because you're working mm -hmm. on the next level of the onion, right? And so it's yeah. not, it's, you know, more or less is irrelevant because it's just where you are in your current level, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it helps to identify exactly what's going on. And when you start working with people at a, a deeper level, when they're further along in their journey, then you also have to start looking at things like, are there ancestral line issues? Are there past life issues? Are there soul contracts that have been made in this life or past lives that have been, been uh, getting in the way? Are there outside influences? Has somebody placed a curse on them? Is somebody undermining them energetically? Are they connected to somebody who's in chaos and therefore it's bleeding over into their lives or whatever? What are all of the, there's so many different layers and, you know, complexities that can be involved when you start getting into the deeper level work where you're trying to be seen by more people. And inevitably there's the past life. I got killed for my gifts in a past life thing that most people who go out in public to do their work have to face because it almost always they've been killed in the past life for something. but. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. all of that. Hmm. So, you know, and it just depends on the person as to what you're, you're looking at and what you're dealing with. But this is why you need a deep and wide tool, tool chest of all the stuff that you do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. And so if you were to share one, one morsel, one mm -hmm. in a bit of your personal wisdom, with the listeners, um, what might that be? Oh, just one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brain is flying through lots of things. So I think what I would say is the more you fight the journey, the slower the journey is. Yeah. And the more you push the journey, the slower the journey is. Because pushing to get somewhere other than where you are, to get there faster, is its own form of resistance to being where you are. And yeah. where you are is the only place that growth can ever happen. Right here, right now, not the past, not the future, but right here in the present moment, 
that just went away, just went away, just, passed, just went just away, passed. just went away, right? <laughs> right here, right here in the, in the spot that's the uncomfortable, right, is the only place where the work gets done. And so if you're trying to get there faster, or you're upset that you didn't get there faster, or you're, you're avoiding and yeah. running away from it, or you're trying to get there, you know, whatever, all of those things, if you're stuck in the past and blaming somebody else, if you're planning for the future and not here right now, you know, you're like, I've got to be, I've got this big mission that I have to step into, you know, I've got to get there yesterday. It's like you're, you're in resistance, right? You're not yeah. doing the work right now. You have to trust that the journey will make you into the person that you are destined to become. So stop being scared of it. Hmm. Right. Because yep. you don't have to be that person yet. By the time you get there, you will be that person. It's okay. Just be where yes, you are. Yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that would be my, it was a very long piece of wisdom. But there you go. <laughs> no, and a beautiful piece of wisdom because you can't get to where you need to be until you can be with yourself here in this moment. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and to me, it brings us back to that sense of surrendering. Like I am willing to just be with what is right now. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years ago, I looked ahead and I saw who I am today and it scared the living crap out of me. I was just like, I can't be that person. I can't, I, I don't know how, if I stand up in front of people and I say something and I'm wrong, what am I going to do? I will be humiliated. Nah, right. And what if I don't know the answer? Nah. And I was just like, you know, I flipped <laughs> myself out and I was like, I can't do this. And I was like, I finally just said, I can't think about it. Right. I just, it was like, it's making me crazy. I can't think about it. But today I am that person and I'm like, yeah, it's all good. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah. And I can say stuff. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, it's, it's not a heart attack. I, my, my sense of value is not based on being right anymore, you know, which it was mm. back in the day. And I've evolved. It's very funny. I had a, an apprentice 20 years ago now. And I touched base with mm. him like 10, 12 years ago. And I, I said, uh, hey, how you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm great. And I said, he asked me a question. He said, ah, never mind. I know what your answer is going to be. I said, really? What is my answer going to be? And he said, it's going to be this. I said, wow, that's really fascinating. Yes, my answer 10 years ago would have been that. But the me of 10 years ago would have absolutely said that. But the me of today is going to say this. And he went, oh. <laughs> but it was so cool because he was holding the energy of the me of 10 years ago. And he had lived with me in our space mm. long enough. You know, he had been in our fields long enough. They had really just incorporated that. And I was like, wow, that's mm. really cool to get to see that glimpse of myself from that far ago, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Sort of like a little time machine looking back right? in time. Yeah. 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 So uh, if the listeners wanted to know more about how to find you, how to get in touch with you, Kelly, what do they need to do? How would they find you? So the first thing is, you know, you're, you're a podcast listener, come and listen to my podcast. It's spiritsherpapodcast.com or spiritsherpa on any podcast player. And awesome. Sherpa is S-H-E-R-P-A. And if you wanted to come check me out, you can come to my website at kellysparta.com. And Kelly is spelled K-E-L-L-E. Right. Nothing else, just K-E-L-L-E. Right. Yes, my mother was phonetically stupid. I can't help it. And <laughs> Sparta, like the Greek city state, S-P-A-R-T-A. 
Uh, and awesome. that's my website and you can join the mailing list and you get all kinds of interesting things. I send out something once a week that's got all kinds of good, cool content in it and stuff like that. And you can also download, which I would highly recommend the boundaries yeah. for empaths program off my website. And that is a free download. Please, please, please download it. And please, please, please actually open it if you're going to download it. Because I laugh because I ask people all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, I downloaded it. I'm like, have you done it? They're like, oh, I haven't opened it yet. I'm like, I know, I know. But you got to actually open it or else it doesn't work. But it will help you as an empath to set boundaries for yourself that will mm. keep you from feeling overwhelmed by other people's strong emotions. It'll talk to you about the aspects of when you're in partnership, why it's so hard for you to separate from your partner and how you feel you lose yourself and things like that energetically it's going to talk to you about how to shift the way you're holding your energy field so that you can then feel more solid and safe in your own space it's called boundaries for empaths and it's on the home page awesome. of the website it's directly below my picture just click on the link and you can get a free download excellent thank you yeah well Kelly, I so appreciate your being on the podcast and I will include links to all the things in the show notes on my podcast page. And it was really fun getting to know you and know more about your work as a transformational shaman. Great. It was so great being here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kelly. She was really such an interesting person. And I had gotten to know who she was through a mutual friend, uh, Jeremy Enns, who is a podcasting genius. I don't know. <laughs> he helps people market their podcast. And Kelly had commented on one of his uh, articles in his newsletter. And I just enjoyed her, her comments so much that I had to reach out to her and get her on the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you took away some wisdom from that conversation about shamanism and energy work. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next time on the podcast. If you want to know more about each episode, know more about what's happening in the coaching world out what I'm reading, my latest mindfulness tips, you can sign up for the newsletter at elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. I look forward to connecting you with you here and there. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.